<laughs> You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. Sharks out there trying to take a bite of something. What's hot? A lot of chameleons out there trying to change up anytime something new comes along. Everybody wants a bite. Don't happen overnight. So you want to be a rock superstar and live large, big house, five cars, you're in charge. Coming up in the world, don't trust nobody, gotta look over your shoulder. Cause I remember the days when I was a young kid growing up, looking in the mirror, dreaming about growing up. The rock crowds make money, chew with the honey, sign autographs, and whatever the people want from me. Shit's funny how impossible dreams manifest in the games that be coming with it. Star, you know what I'm saying? But you still trying to get out and work like like everybody else, you know. You know, it's a fun job, but it's still a job, you know. Save your money, man. Save your money too. It's single don't last very long. You know what I'm saying? I mean I've been lucky in this game too. There's gonna be another cat coming out looking like me, sounding like me next year. I know this. It'll be a flip side to what you did. Somebody else trying to spin off like some you know, series. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike. Tonight, special guest is owner of Evans Gun World, Peter Schumacher. How you doing? What's up, Pete? Pete's been on the show before. Been a while, but uh, welcome back, Pete. Uh, the last time we did a show was uh, in your RV, in your, uh, in your driveway. Quite a while ago. <laughs> right? I think I had tequila in hand as well. Yeah, I got, I got, uh, I got some whiskey here. If you want some whiskey, <laughs> man, <laughs> I'm still trying. I'm, I'm still trying to find the, um, the, uh, the whiskey that I mean, the tequila that you like, which is, uh, what is it called again? I just know it's in a blue bottle, and it tastes like God's nectar. Okay, uh, I don't think it's called God's nectar, but it's, it's not. <laughs> but it's good. I, I found one, but uh, uh, it was in a clear bottle. Yeah, and, uh, same brand, but same different, brand. different. Right. 
And, but it was like 10 o'clock in the morning in a liquor store in, in, in Ensenada. And they're like, yeah, we can't serve alcohol this early in the morning. They have like certain rules that you... Uh, there's rules? You, yeah, there's rules. Believe it or not, there, right. there's rules in Ensenada, man. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so, Pete, all right, man. What's it like owning a business in California, especially one that sells firearms? Uh, very stressful. So... A lot of regulations, um, especially related specifically to California, um, but we have city, state, uh, and federal laws to follow, um, all of which we need to navigate constantly. There's always new rules that are coming up, um, and we need to be looking forward at some of the rules that are coming so we can be prepared when they go into effect. Okay. Um, our, we're also a range, so we don't just sell guns. Um, that's actually a smaller part of what we do now. It's we're an indoor shooting range, uh, sell firearms, and we have a full gunsmith service. Wow. So lots of different facets to um, navigate. Mm-hmm. What uh, what inspired you uh, to to do, you know to jump into this business? And because I know you know a little bit of history with your dad had a Schumacher waterfowl, right? Yeah. So he had a uh, primarily a waterfowl hunting business. They sold mostly decoys, waders, things for hunting, some guns. Um, and as my dad has been getting a little older, I just started going in and helping him out more and more. And uh, as I tend to do, I jump in with both feet sometimes. Or head first. Head, full head first. In, in like, the like, like that, like that, uh, <laughs> the one drop at Oaks near yeah. the flag. Yeah, I went head first on that one. That's for sure. Yeah, you did. Um, so I kind of did the same here. Okay. <laughs> uh, s- uh, similar injuries, probably. Um, started helping them, and uh, Evans is a longtime range in Orange County. They've been around since the 90s. Okay. Uh, the wife of the original owner was looking to sell and get out of the business and move out of the area, and we kind of found out and just started going over there, chatting with her, and um, one thing led to another, and we're – you know, we're, we became owners uh, yeah. within a matter of about six months from the initial conversation. Um, That's pretty quick. It was. It was, uh, it was a very stressful six months <laughs> navigating uh, the bank regulations and, you know, laws and all that stuff. And, and finally getting our uh, – starting on September 1st, 2017, and – what I try to stress to people is we didn't purchase her business. It was, we, it was almost as if an IHOP shut down and a Denny's opened up. Mm. You know, very sa- very similar, kept a similar name, mm-hmm. um, but totally different business. And uh, we started operating in there, and um, it's been going, re- been going pretty well. Yeah, okay. So uh, lot, lots of learning. I've never been a business person. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. firefighter. That's been my occupation my whole life and uh jumping into this type of business is a lot of trial by fire <laughs> in this business um, literally literally uh doing books dealing with employees uh i have great employees but just dealing with that 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 part of it um and all the regulations and finances and everything i've you know i've never dealt with this type of stuff so mm-hmm. it's um customers and keeping them happy and asking longtime customers and new customers you know what they want and giving them what they want 
Okay. Um, and making some changes as I see fit in the firearm business, especially in, in Orange County. It, it's constant, constantly changing, evolving, um, right? I mean, they're, they're probably always coming in and checking up on you guys, making sure you're, you know, what yeah. your inventory is like, or right? I mean, what, what's the process like if some, you know, acquiring, like buying a gun or, you know, becoming a dealer for a new brand? I mean, how does that work? So most firearms are purchased through distribution. Some are purchased directly from the different manufacturers, but most through distribution. Um, for an average person to come in, uh, there's basically, we have a little fact sheet for them, but basically you need to be a uh, over 21 California resident with a driver's license, valid, valid California ID, um, a proof of residency, which has some requirements to it. You need a firearm safety certificate, which is a little 30-question test that you can take. Um, and once you have all of these things, uh, you can uh, submit for basically approval from the California Department of Justice, and you go through your 10-day wait. And they either approve or deny you. Most people get approved. Um, most of the reasons not to be approved are pretty well known. You know, felonies and mm -hmm. domestic violence and things like that generally okay. stop you from purchasing a firearm. But it's a pretty low rate. Okay. So. What uh, what brands do you guys carry right now? I mean, our primary brand is Glock. Okay. It's got to be the most popular firearm in America. Really? Not necessarily the best, but it's a very not good, consistent firearm. Um, but Glock. Benelli, Springfield Armory, um, Wilson Combat. Um, you said Juggernaut. Juggernaut is a big brand. We really like them because they're local. They're they're uh, built, designed, and built in the city of Orange. You know, a few blocks away from us. Mm -hmm. um, great customer service, and they're used by some police agencies as well. So good, uh, nice firearm. Uh, Still got to build mine up, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got some parts. You got to finish that thing up. I've, I've had it for a while, man. I just, uh, you know, just one thing, you know, one thing or another, man. And now with what I got going on is like, that's sure. uh, that's on hold, but I need to get something, yeah. get something right away. Yeah. And now we have the range, so you can shoot it too. Right. Not just buy it and sit it in a safe like most people come shoot, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, is it is it really hard to... Um, do business in California with you know when you when you when you have a when you, when you have a business that sells firearms it 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 is in a lot of ways i i understand the reasoning for some of the regulations i don't i don't necessarily like them you know um all of them but when you generally follow all the different rules and regulations from all the different government agencies um it, it is difficult and it's stressful um being inspected by Cal DOJ, by ATF, by OSHA, by OC Health, whoever it may be, is always a stressful time. But following the rules um, keeps things safe for mm -hmm. my employees, myself, my customers. Um, and it's something I try to strive to do. I try. Right. To, I strive, especially when it comes to uh, the health and safety aspect of things, lead exposure and their safety around firearms, my employees, um, it's generally a pretty big issue for me. Mm -hmm. And I try and go a little bit above and beyond what regulations say and, and keep them safe because I, I want them to be safe. Right. Um, it's it's got to be a pretty dangerous business, you know, because you got people firing, you know. and Oh, yeah, and we've had, we've had numerous customers, you know, they walk out and 
hey, I have a malfunctioning weapon, and they're they walk out with it with still around in the chamber oh, and they're boy. pointing it. You know, we've had that happen numerous times. Uh, we've had a couple customers negligent discharge, not outside of the range, but within the range into the back walls. Um, so that, we, we've had some dangerous, a few dangerous situations like when, that. When that happens, is there like an investigation or, or do you use like... So we have uh, approximately 30 cameras. So if you come by, uh, we have approximately 30 4K quality cameras throughout the range with audio and video recording throughout. And so that does give me the luxury to go back and um, not just take people's uh, version of it, but truly look and see what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try not to hammer people. I try, I try to make it a learning opportunity. Now, it is a negligent discharge and not an accidental discharge when, when someone does something like that. Luckily, it's only been a few times. Um, and we try to go back and see why it occurred and make it a teaching opportunity if possible. And, um, you know, set, uh, one of the situations, um, it was a shooter that we knew. And, and you know, you can easily say he made a mistake. It's not a good mistake to make. But we, we put him through a class and put him through a safety class, even though he'd been shooting for years. And, um reviewed the video with him and, and discussed the situation with him. And, and I think that was better than just yelling and kicking someone out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it is upsetting when that occurs, but I'd rather continue to work with people and teach. Um, right. And, and be cool about it, you know, um, as much as you can be. Right. You know, Cause I mean, you, you are relatively young uh, and I'm sure most of your customers are probably older than you. Some yes, some no. I, I've been trying to do my best um, growing up in Santa Ana. You know, it's not like I was a poor kid or anything. But You're still you know, working Cortez's? I still work Cortez's. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's not like my family had all sorts of money to just go out and do whatever we wanted. Yeah. So it's been a goal of mine to make Evans a uh, a place for everybody and – not just old white males. Okay. So <laughs> I kind of hate to say that, but like, like that's inclusive. not. Yeah, I, I, and that's what I want. It, mm-hmm. It's important to me. I want families to come out and enjoy shooting. I want um, women to come out and enjoy shooting. I don't want them to feel um, intimidated or, you know, or, or we're just catering to one certain people. I want everyone to come out. I mean, there's. Besides just arguing with people and telling them, oh, the Second Amendment, there, there's no better way than getting them in there and, and making them feel welcome and at home. Mm-hmm. And that's been really important to me. Okay. Um, so I've been I've been striving for that, uh, especially being a fireman for my whole life. Like, you know, my we're customer service based and we help people no matter who or what, you know, what their situation is. And so I try to bring that mentality to this business and mm-hmm. into the range and, and I want to help as much as possible. You know, we want to make money. We're a business, but right. you know, I want it affordable and accessible. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's your driving point uh, really isn't the, the, the money aspect up front. It's about, you know, building a relationship with people and then kind of growing it organically instead of like, Hey, you know, it's going to be this much, whatever. And I'm, you know, like price wise, let's, let's get into that a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, what, is it affordable to, to go out there and shoot? Do you guys have um, – can anybody go out there and shoot? Mostly. So, yeah, so we'll start with who can shoot. So um, we allow most people to come in with their own firearms. 
uh, you come in, you sign the waiver. Uh, we, we ask that you're, you know, we, we, we take your ID. We look at your ID. We hold on to it. And we make sure you're over 21 years old. When you bring your firearm, you can bring your own ammunition, targets, whatever you want. Um, if you don't have that stuff, you can purchase it or rent it from us. No problem. If you're under 21, we need a parent or legal guardian. That's a law, you know, so we need a parent or legal guardian to, to come in and sign for you and say that this is okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we have numerous kids that come in with their parents and shoot. And I like seeing that. And so it's $20 for a lane fee and it's unlimited, a limited amount of time and $13 for each additional person on the lane. And, um, ammo, you know, the range of ammo is based on what type, but say nine millimeters, the most popular, and it's $29 for a hundred rounds of ammo. And, uh, you can come in it, and if you, unless you bring your own ammo, you know, some people just buy from Walmart or Turner's. Yeah. It's okay. Or, uh, or, or, uh, you know, your own, right. I know that Dennis yeah. duty, he loads his own ammo. Yeah. Some people load their own ammo. Um, you know, especially competition shooters and, and guys like that. Um, or people just looking to maybe sa- save a few cents per round and, and they're loading their own ammo and that's okay. Um, we, we don't allow a few types of ammo, you know, no tracers, you know, no, uh, no aluminum case ammo. I have some concerns about that and not necessarily injuring the customer shooting it, but injuring customers or my employees around them. Why is that? Um, there just tends to be a little bit more of a percentage of, of those casings blowing out. And I just, you know, I'd rather you spend a few more cents per round and get a, get it at least steel. Mm -hmm. Um, we do, we're one range that does allow steel ammo, uh, steel cased ammo. So I'm okay with that. Um, we do allow people to shoot hollow points, you know, self-defense ammo, whatever it may be at our range. One nice thing is our backstops rated through 50 BMG rounds. So, uh, you can shoot quite a round in, inside our range. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, the back the back of it is what, I mean, is just concrete or what, I mean, what's back there? So, it's a concrete tilt-up building, and there's a steel panel that covers that, and then there's a, you know, I don't know what degree it's at, but about a 45-degree uh, steel plate, and a, on that steel plate is four feet deep of crushed rubber. Okay. And that... Most rounds stop within a foot of that crushed rubber. Some go as deep as two feet, but almost no round goes past that. And those okay. those rounds break up or hold within that rubber, um, the the actual bullet itself. Is there any maintenance involved with that? Yeah, there is. About three times a year, there's there's a company that comes out and they do what's called mining the lead, and they come through with a giant vacuum truck and suck it all out and separate and clean everything up and and they take the lead and. Um, keep make, keep the make range batteries, clean. Right, make batteries out of it or something. Actually, I think they make fishing weights out of it. Okay, I think they make uh, uh salt you know saltwater fish weights. Okay, <laughs> uh, fishing weights is right understanding. Yeah, but I think it kind of goes to the whoever the highest lead bidder is at the time. Okay, but maybe the Chinese. <laughs> maybe yeah yeah, spent American bullets to the Chinese. Right right. Imagine that. So um. Twenty bucks. I mean, that's that's a pretty, that's a pretty good deal, right? I mean, you know, that's the biggest cost is ammo, right? That's where you know we keep it unlimited, but usually people's pocketbooks, yeah, uh, start getting a little too light for them. At, you know, after about a half hour, hour of shooting, and so we're, you know, you can shoot all you want and kind of go from there. And I, I try to keep it affordable. Uh, I haven't raised any prices uh, since I took over. Mm-hmm. Um, we did. 
Well, I, I'll take that back. We, we had an adjustment on our ammo because we went from using reload range ammo to brand new factory mag Which is more ammo. expensive. So it's a few dollars more for 100 rounds. Um, but I think the the difference we've seen over the last year of changing to that, no more squibs, no more malfunctions in people's firearms, um, you know, just less problems overall. And that's been well, that's been well worth the change. So mm. a few extra dollars. Um, I haven't really received any complaints about making that change, but the range fees themselves, um, I've kept the same. I actually lowered one fee. We have a rifle night and I lowered the fee from $10 to $5. I thought 10 was a little too much. What's the, uh, so where, where you, uh, where you shoot from, what's like the length of it? So we don't have, uh, too far of a range. Um, we're about 25 yards on our, on our tactical side. And I, I would say we're just over a 15 yard on our public side. So we have two sides to the range. Uh, most of the time people are going to be shooting on what's called the public side. And that's the side you see when you walk in and we have a separate side. That's the tactical or law enforcement side. And that's where generally C, you know, Orange County CCW classes are uh, law enforcement agencies. We have numerous law enforcement that uh, the actual agencies that use our range um, as their home home range, anywhere mm-hmm. from CHP, DEA, uh, HUD, um, Placentia PD, UCI, all sorts of agencies mm-hmm. uh, use our range, and so they ch- they tend to go on that side. So, but there. if you have a rifle, then do you go to that side or it, on Wednesday nights we ar- we allow any caliber whatsoever, okay. and, we, and we we try to put people over there. The reason being is we don't necessarily want someone with a big caliber weapon next to a possibly a new shooter with just a twenty two. Freak out. Um, yeah. And and we all got to realize, yes, it is guns and you should be ready for it. But there's a lot of new shooters out there and we don't want to just scare them off. So we try mm-hmm. to keep that a little bit separate. Okay. Um, and, and so we try to keep handguns together and, and put rifles on the other side. And on the Wednesday nights, that's when the big booms happen. Okay. Well, what about the training? Like if uh, somebody wants to, you know, safety training, what does that cost? And then um, maybe the process of like CCW. So we have a very, we per se don't do training as a company. Um, we have a very basic safety class. And that, that that's not intended to make you an accurate shooter. That is intended to make you safe handling firearms. Correct. Yeah, like like Bear, yeah maintenance or whatever the gun. We end up having you do uh, fifty. You end up shooting fifty rounds, but it is all to have you be able to come back, rent firearms, and be safe for yourself and for others. And and so we we go through. You go through a, a small classroom portion, and then one of our uh, our what we call instructors would take you out and, and, and go over everything with you. And that usually takes about an hour, hour and a half. Okay. Um, again, it, 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 that the primary reason for that is to just make you safe. And it's a good foundation to start with. Um, beyond that, we use a couple of different companies or not. We use, we, we work with a couple of different companies, uh, fast OC. Uh, they have a website you can go to, uh, they do regular, uh, um, training ccw uh we also use oc firearms they're off a dyer uh same thing that oc firearms it's a former costa mesa pd lieutenant that runs it and good operation he does primarily ccw not just regular training Mm -hmm. um and then and a few other companies here and there that 
that come through and do CCW training. But those are our two primary um, companies that we do business with is OC Firearms and Fast OC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fast OC also has a, a cool component um, for competition. So on every other Thursday night, they come through and they run a, a, uh, a competition shooting on the tactical side that, okay. you can, that you can come out to and and you pay, I think, 15, 20 bucks and you come out and um, they'll set up a little little course and mm-hmm. um, you come out and shoot with them. Okay. So they, they have that little bit added of, of some competition. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. What, what's the price of, uh, you know, starting the process to, to get your CCW? And what, what are the requirements? Is it hard to get a CCW in California? So California as a whole. Um, or Orange County, sorry. Is a May. Yeah, so California as a whole is a May issue, issue state. So they may issue it to you. Um, Orange County is actually the best. We have the most CCWs in the entire state, I believe. Don't quote me, please, but there are about 15,000, 16,000 CCW holders in Orange County alone. Wow. Um, I believe they have about, again, we don't specifically teach CCW. Correct. So, again, don't quote me on the numbers, but I believe they have about a th- only a 3% failure rate. Um, if you go to Fast OC or OC Firearms, they will help you through with your justification letter and things like that. Um, and you go through the process with the Orange County Sheriff's. Uh, you have to take now with new California law, it's a minimum eight hour course with shooting involved uh, or plus shooting. And once you go through that course, you pass the live scan, the interview with an o- you'll, you'll interview with the Orange County sheriffs and you go through that whole process. You pay your fees and you'll get your concealed weapons permit in Orange County. And so far, as you've noticed, most people don't realize we have that many CCW holders in this county. I don't realize that either. And it's uh, it's not that big of a deal. People are just out there, and and it and it's interesting to see. We have everywhere from soccer moms to lawyers, doctors, er- everybody, and just mm-hmm. regular people that have some some fears for their safety for whatever reason, and they get their CCW, and they're and these are generally the most law abiding law-abiding citizens you'll find they've gone through a very extensive process and they're not looking to screw that up Mm -hmm. you know i would say most of the the class probably scares most people in the end to to want to uh resort to that type of an action so you know the i would say the biggest thing is to get yourself out not not put yourself in that in a situation if you become in one to get out of there run do something like that you know you should I, I don't think that should be a last resort, run, right? An um, absolute last resort. Uh, I could never imagine doing that. I would never want to do that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I would I would prefer to do everything in my power um, to not ever have to even touch a firearm in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy shooting. I enjoy having fun with them. A little competition here and there, um, and that's where I like to leave it at for myself. Right. Um, God forbid it ever came to that option, but I try, I, you know, you, you think and train for that, but I try not to focus on it for that. Yeah, so it, it's just, it's uh, it's pretty, you know, mind-boggling, like, you know, to think about police officers that have to deal with that, you know, on a daily basis and, and how people are treating them, the media treating them, um, and how they're, in a way, like, manipulating us to, to think about, cops being bad but in reality they're they're there for our safety they're there to protect us and um 
you know, to enforce laws and regulations. Yeah. And as you know, I'm in that unique spot. My wife is a police officer, yep. so I get to, uh, um, obviously not firsthand, but through my wife, I, I get to see some of that and hear her stories and her experiences. And then I read the news and hear what's said about police officers. You know, here's my nice, innocent, you know, Korean wife, <laughs> Yeah, you know, right? ve- very innocent. And, and, and what's said about these police officers on the other hand, I'm like, hmm, she's nothing like that, but okay. Yeah. You know, so it's unfortunate. Uh, but you know, you, we all have a job to do and, mm-hmm. and I know she does a good job of hers. Right. I think I seen her on the, uh, on the freeway once in a while. Yeah. Pulling, pulling someone over. Not me. Not me. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> Don't drive fast. She'll right. get you. <laughs> exactly. So that's, 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 a, that's amazing, dude. Like you, like, you know, more than 10,000 people in Orange County have a CCW license. Yeah. I mean, why is it that Orange County has such a big concentration versus like other counties like the Inland Empire or San Diego or. A lot of it's politics. Um, the the, the uh, county supervisors, the sheriffs, you know, those are elected positions. And although, and I, w- I will preface this, I, I have a major goal of keeping Evans. I try to keep Evans politics free. Mm-hmm. Um, when I took over, I took down some political signs and I try to keep it free. We do support. California Rifle and Pistol Association, which is a, a subset of the NRA, um, we do we do support organizations like that. But as well as I've had groups in called the Liberal Gun Club. Um, I don't I don't care what political group you're part of, you can still come and enjoy shooting, mm-hmm. and so that's a big deal. But having said that, we all know the realities, and it it tends to be that in more liberal Democrat um, counties, uh, they just do not approve of firearms or people having ccw so you'll see in la county that just does not occur and um orange county although it seems to be somewhat flipping a little bit but yeah. still tends to be a republican county and, and our sheriff is very pro ccw right now and and luckily we haven't had issues with it right like again most people are very surprised when they hear that number so all that combined you know the fear of you know random people walking around with guns in their pocket right just doesn't quite pan out, especially here in Orange County. So mm-hmm. we're, we're we're witnessing that. Um, there was a few court decisions years ago that temporarily had the state at a shall issue. Um, those have since been reversed, but during that time, Orange County was pushing them out, and they realized these are safe, law-abiding citizens. And they, again, it's not a shall issue, but they're they're pretty open with their may issue and they make sure you have justification and they make sure you have training and you're Mm -hmm. safe right so that's why we tend to see that here a little bit more it it, it is politics yeah unfortunately right um i'd love to get more more dems in there and more people in there to shoot i think they'd enjoy it you know there's nothing better to me than then we we have people that come in and and they'll tell us you know i'm not really a big fan of firearms or they're crying and because they're scared and by the time they're leaving, they're shooting a 1911. It's awesome. <laughs> um, it's cool to see that. Yeah. Especially for women, it's empowering, right? Yeah. It's, it's that's what I see. It's very empowering. Um, we do have un- very unfortunate. We do have women that that come in and and for whatever reason they've been abused. They've had some issues, um, and so they come in and and that firearm is is uh, like um, a trigger. A bit, no, it's a bit of a. Uh, in the end, 
it, it ends up being a bit of a it's an empowering okay moment for them um again not thinking about it in in that type of a manner but just it it it, it really empowers them at times and mm-hmm. um they learn to to enjoy that that shooting wow so it, it's it's good it's i like seeing that change in people mm-hmm. um i really enjoy it and trying to educate them and and once they learn to be safe with a firearm and learn how to enjoy to shoot it and right you know it's just not all what you see on movies and stuff. <laughs> right well i mean uh i know there's there's other states that are pushing like to to be able to have your ccw be able to transfer from one state to another but right now that's not that's not that's not uh well, happening right uh, that's actually the case for most states so when you get a ccw here in orange county um, you can actually get an out-of-state CCW with Arizona and Utah. And so what OC Firearms and Fast OC does is they run you through their requirements as well. And in the end, you have a California, Arizona, and a Utah license. You have three separate licenses. Again, I believe it's roughly, but you have end up having about 44 states of reprocity. So you can travel to 44 different states legally. Um, and conceal carry that firearm. Oh, wow. Um, California doesn't have that, so that's why you get that Arizona and Utah. Yeah. Um, again, I could be a little bit off on the amount of states, but it's roughly around there. Um, but that gives you that ability to travel back and forth. But as we advise everybody, you need to check. If you are traveling, you need to check those local laws, that those state laws, before you travel with a firearm. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're flying somewhere, and you accidentally land at LaGuardia in New York, and you're, you're going to have a... A tough time. Um, <laughs> so you definitely need to, to understand the laws and understand that when you're traveling, there are some risks. And, mm-hmm. um, so, and, th- and they'll talk about that in the class. Do you think we'll, we'll get to that point where we won't have that issue like in the future? or You know, we all hope. Um, it seems to be a constant tug of war, right? Like, you know, you'll see court decisions come down, and they're very pro-Second Amendment. And we just had what, what we're calling Freedom Week a week ago where everyone was able to buy, you know, standard or high capacity magazines however you want to look at it yeah i, I, uh, I saw a bunch a of memes a bunch of oh, a bunch yeah. of memes on facebook <laughs> yeah it was freedom week man and um so you'll have court decisions like that and then you'll have other court decisions that are sometimes disappointing and um you know those of us on this side feel that they don't always go towards what the our founding fathers were were thinking but you know it's it's going to be it's definitely a long haul i i hope that occurs mm-hmm. i hope through some legislation and education um and I try to focus my business. I try to focus on education, which is, I think, the biggest and most important thing that we need to do is education, because a lot of people are are misled, um, ill-informed on on what you know what it takes, or when somebody buys a gun, they just buy it, you know, and without being properly trained. I think that's it's like driving a car. You know, you have to go to the you know go to the you know, go to the steps before you can actually have. Yeah, and that well, and that's part of the different, right? Though is, and and you'll have, I'll say, if the two A crowds listening, they won't they won't like that. That's for sure because, you know, a car's not a right, whereas mm-hmm. the Second Amendment is a right. So yeah. do we are we required to have that training? Do I need training to vote? No, no. I can just go vote. Do I do I need to produce a proven document, multiple proven documents, and take a test to vote? No. And those of us on the 2A side tend to more compare our Second Amendment rights to voting as opposed to those more on the left will tend to compare it more to driving. 
Mm. Now, I do believe we can meet somewhere in the middle, and I know some of the 2A guys will probably hate to hear that, but I'll probably get flamed a little bit for uh, that, but that's okay. Like, you know, I, uh, politics are politics, and sometimes you'll lose a little to gain more, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd, I'd prefer there to be no laws, but, you know, there's still some realities out there, and we may have to give up some things to gain overall. Mm-hmm. Um, what that is, I don't know, so I will at least say that, but... Um, I do tend to lean on the side that I compare my Second Amendment rights more to voting rights as opposed to a car. Okay. Interesting. They're just different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I mean, for me personally, I, I want to be able to, you know, have some kind of education and training um, yeah. before before I, I um, buy a gun. Yeah, and I want people to be safe. You know, I, I don't, I don't care. When you come into my business, you're in my business. I don't care what your rights are necessarily, mm-hmm. but you come into my business and uh, you better be safe. Right. And if you're not safe, we will be nice, um, but we may pull you um, and we will offer you education. We'll try to help you and, um, you know, it's for your sake and, and for those around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we definitely, we want people to be safe, just like a car. You know, right. I'd, I'd prefer you to go through a little education. I'd prefer <laughs> you to go through a little bit of training. But, right. you know, so there's a little bit of back and forth there. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough, you know, especially like, you know, like you said, it's, it's in, you know, part of our rights to, to, to bear arms. But, you know, we're in California, which is uh, it's well, an uphill just, battle. I, you know, I, I'll be honest. It, uh, one of the things that bums me out a lot is um, we'll have, have a customer come out and, man, hey, sir, you've only – only put a few rounds down range and well that guy next to me is not very safe and i don't feel safe right now so i'm leaving and that really bums me out you know and so i don't like hearing that so we try to be ahead of that game um so i i want people safe i want people to learn and be educated and, mm-hmm. um and in the end they generally have a better experience right so um it, it usually works out i've had numerous people where they're you know they don't want to go through that class they think they know and and uh, right. whether they were in the military 20 years ago or or they shot with their father when they were younger and they don't they don't feel as though they need to and our success rate and our our positive feedback putting people through that class has been pretty good and i try to keep the pricing of that we have it at 70 dollars, mm-hmm. and that includes 50 rounds of ammo and the in the safety portion of it and with an instructor and i try to keep it affordable and um that way you you have a better experience for yourself and those around you afterwards. So for that, do you need to make a, a an appointment or is that where you can somebody can just walk off, walk off the street and go, "Hey, I want to So we we offer both. So you can come in. It is $10 more if you just come in and say, "Hey, I want to take a class right now because we we need to provide an instructor and all that." So right. it makes it a little harder. We offer them every Monday night at 6:30. Okay. Um 6:30 every Monday, people kind of know Evans, you can roll in and have a safety class. Um Wendy's my manager. Um, you can always contact Wendy and she will set up a, uh, class with one of our awesome instructors and, uh, they'll help you out. Mm-hmm. So it, it usually works out pretty well. What's, um, what's the most popular gun that you guys sell? Glocks. That's it. Huh? 10 to one Glocks. They're big square bulky guns, but <laughs> I carry them. I enjoy them. Okay. Um, my big thing though is is we have a lot of firearms for rent, and what I prefer for people to do is to rent first before they buy. 
Uh, we have a lot of people that just they go to Turner's. No, no disrespect to Turner's. We have a great relationship. In fact, some guns I just say go to Turner's, buy it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll go buy the sale gun at Turner's. They come shoot it once at our range and they hate it. Mm. So everyone's hands are different, size is different. What you like, what you feel is different for everybody. And just because a Glock works for me doesn't mean it works for you. You might like a Springfield, you might like a Beretta. Um, everyone's different. So yeah. I. What we do is we rent firearms out to people looking to purchase, and those rental fees themselves look to put towards the price of a gun because I would prefer you have the firearm that fits you best because in the end you have a better experience and you're safer. Mm-hmm. And and you're more likely to come back and enjoy it and use it, whereas if it's a gun you hate, it's probably just going to sit, collect dust. Yeah, you just have it there just, just in case, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather you enjoy what you purchased. and And – Although comparatively today, it's not a gigantic purchase, but still, you're talking four or five hundred dollars minimum for a for a good firearm. Mm-hmm. We don't sell high points, at Evans, so you're looking at about four or five hundred minimum for a firearm, and I want you to make the best choice. Mm-hmm. Revolvers, what do you think about those? Good, good. Yeah. Um, That's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, uh, you know what's funny is we seem to have a, a bit of a resurgence of revolvers, I believe. Um, from what I've seen, the younger generation, some of the hipster generation. Oh, don't call me hipster, uh, man. <laughs> I'm not calling you hipster, but it, um, I would say younger guys okay. from about our age down. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to see um, their, some of their preference is is leaning towards some nice revolvers, nice 357s and 44 Magnums. And um, it's kind of cool to see, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, get, you get this, without saying we profile, but, you know, you get this kid that comes in and you're like, ah, he's and before you know it, this, this kid's rocking a, a a Ruger revolver, and you're like, ah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're putting wood grips on it and, you know, the whole nine yards, and, mm-hmm. and uh, they love shooting it. And so we, we're starting to kind of see that. And I, you know. So kinda, are, are you adjusting your inventory for that now? Not a lot. There's there's so many rev- different revolvers. Um that most revolvers I have, we do it. It's a special order, okay. Um, because we really want you to get the one you you want, mm-hmm. whether it be barrel length, sizing for your hand, caliber. Uh, you know, um, we really want you to get the right one because those tend to be a little more money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're more spending seven eight hundred dollars for a night for a decent revolver, and so we we tend to. At least at our range. Now you can definitely go to Turner's. You can definitely go to a place called Fowler's Gun Room and um, off of Tustin, and and they're going to carry a bigger stock of revolvers, and that's okay. You can go there as well. Um, but it's something I'm starting to see is are these kids coming in revolvers? It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, do you guys have revolvers on, in your rental fleet? We do. We have a couple. Uh, we have a 44 Magnum and a couple of 357s. Okay. Um, are they like? CCW esque or no, no, neither one of them. Both of okay. them are a little too big for CCW, um, but they're still very popular, especially the forty four Magnum. It's mm-hmm. it's a popular rental. Um, they want they want to feel like Clint Eastwood or what? They want to, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Dirty Harry. <laughs> I think it's just the look. They look cool, man. No matter what, oh, revolvers. No, 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 look no, cool. He had a, he had a three fifty seven or a four. I can't remember what he had. You know, I don't remember. I probably should know. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, but I, I, know. I know for sure it's a revolver. And that's yes, what he had. it is a revolver. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we are kind of seeing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool to see that not everyone's just coming in with a Glock all the right. time. 
What about maintenance on a gun? I'm, uh, is it something where you got to bring it into the shop, or can anybody, you know? So YouTube's a great thing, right? Yeah. Um, it's good and bad. You know, there are a lot of YouTube gunsmiths, as we call them out there, and, and, <laughs> and then we get those people coming into our gunsmith. Our gunsmith's uh, not just an armor. He, he actually went to college. He has a degree from Lassen College. Kurt um, does a phenomenal job. Um, it's actually his birthday today. Um, he, do, he, does a, he does a great job. So people bring us in guns to clean. We try to give you, when you purchase from us, a little bit of maintenance advice on it. Um, most of it, you know, people can do most of it themselves. Sometimes when people buy a little bit nicer 1911s and they really want to strip them down, we'll tell them, yeah, you should probably bring that in. There's a lot of little parts in there. And, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, and that just depends on which firearm. Some some firearms require a lot of maintenance. Some require that every single time you shoot it, you need to take that home and you need to do a good cleaning on it. Some, like a Glock, like a Springfield, man, I put a couple thousand rounds through it and it looks like hell before I start cleaning it again. and So it's just, they're all a little different, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it just, it depends on what they're made out of, their quality and things like that. What about, what about the, uh, what about a rifle? Like I know I have that AR lower. Mm-hmm. So somebody can, like myself, can go there and go, hey, can you guys finish this? <laughs> yeah, and, and we do. We do finish people's rifles all the time or they're halfway through a build and, and they need Kirk to complete that. Mm-hmm. So we, we do that quite a bit. Um, we have everything from custom builds to just cleaning and re- simple repairs and fixing things. Um, but we do get that a lot. We just ask that your AR is California compliant in whichever in whichever manner that is. We won't work on anything that's not. I don't, I don't, I mean, it's mine. It's a lower, so it doesn't matter. Yours right? is a simple lower. Yours hasn't been built. It's okay. nothing but a lower receiver right now. So okay. when you do get to that point, we um, – there's a lot of facets, a lot of options to make sure you're California compliant. Um, what changed? Uh, in 2016, uh, basically we had um, an assault weapons law come into effect that turned every bullet button AR into an assault weapon. And you had a couple of options. You could either make it what's known as featureless for California. You could make it a fixed magazine or break open. Um, or register it as an assault weapon. Um, if it stayed as a bullet button or you registered it as an assault weapon, I can't touch it. As gunsmithing, we don't have a California dangerous weapons permit. We cannot touch your firearm, um, and we won't. Um, but if you've made it featureless, which would be r- removing all evil California features on it, so uh, <laughs> no, no flash hider, uh, no pistol grip, no forward pistol grip or no forward vertical grip uh, and no collapsible stock um, or collapsible or foldable stock. So if those are all, um, if that's all followed, then it's a featureless rifle. And that's where you start seeing those funny, those fins that block your thumb and weird looking stocks and things like that on people's guns. And that's to make it California compliant. So and then in that scenario, it's just a considered a regular ranch rifle. And we can, <laughs> we can work on it at that point. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. What does so. the thumb have to do with anything? Huh? What does that thumb have to do with anything? That's something our our California legislature, when they voted, uh, decided that being able to wrap your thumb on a pistol grip um, or a thumb hole stock or anything like that is an evil feature. Mm-hmm. And That's uh, a technical term for that? Yeah. <laughs> evil. Assault weapon 
uh, you know, these aren't weapons that the gun community has has created. These are, you know, high capacity mag and evil features and all those things are things that have been created by generally the California legislature. And, mm -hmm. um, they have, de you know, deemed these things bad and we should not have them. So the bad man. Yeah. So uh, whether we like them or not is, is not up, up to discussion at Evans. Uh, we're we're a California FFL, and we have no choice but to follow the current law. Mm -hmm. um, there are trailblazers, and there are organizations out there that um, fight that, and we support them, um, and we ask others to support. But as a business, and when you come in, we we have no choice, and we do follow the law. I'm very conservative on that, um, and we stick to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Cal DOJ is not one to mess with, <laughs> right? Nice people. They got nice people working for them, but yeah. they got a job to do. Right, and it's it's a it's a dangerous job. Yeah. So we don't want to have uh, stuff out there that we shouldn't we shouldn't be having. What about people that do those um, um, those ghost guns or whatever, where you you buy everything online? And I mean, what's so, up with that? So ghost guns are another made up term. Okay. Uh, why, why do they call it a ghost gun? So they call it a ghost gun because there's no serial number on it. Okay. So it doesn't exist. It's a ghost. Um, is kind of their thinking on it, and and so what's you, your thinking on it, Pete? You know, it they're they're uh, they're unserialized firearms, and so you have uh, uh, eighty percent are handguns and eighty percent are receivers, and an eighty percent are what that is is a mostly an eighty per, roughly an eighty percent completed uh, receiver that you can finish yourself at home or with some with some simple tools like a, a drill press or something like that, and you can complete and build a firearm. Um, Are those legal? Not in California anymore, really. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to misspeak on that, so I'm I'm not going to go too far into the legalities of them, mm -hmm. um, but we do see them. They do obviously exist. It, it is a term. Um, Mr. DeLeon had a famous speech where – Oh, yeah. 30 yeah. magazine clips yep. and yep. things like that. And uh, <laughs> no correct nomenclature whatsoever. And right. uh, and, they, and they've and they determined that, that these ghost guns are, are not good. And so um, that's something else we don't work on at Evans. You bring in a firearm that does not have a serial number and, and we make that option that we make that choice not to not to work on those. We need a serial number and it right. needs to be legally. And California does have the route to serialize those firearms um, where you apply to California Department of Justice for a serial number and, and you have it engraved by an approved uh, FFL and um, get yourself in line with the law. You but guys can do that? No, we cannot. Uh, okay. We That is not something we do. We're more of a we'll fix your gun, build your gun, mm -hmm. your legal gun uh, right. uh, per se. And uh, – we go that route. Mm -hmm. So there are other businesses out there that do that, um, but definitely that's that's not something we do. We, you know, our focus is the range, and, right? And so those aren't things that we tend to do. And there are some good businesses out there that handle those, and they're way more versed in these laws than I am, um, because our focus is the range. Mm -hmm. I am probably not as versed, or in fact, I'm not as versed as some of these um, businesses that are out there. Um, and and they have this stuff down. There's a lot of gray. The, the the problem is there's a lot of gray area with laws. There's a lot of opinion, and a lot of this stuff isn't quite known until it's gone through the courts. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. So, which is how we got the bullet button in the first place. And, you know, DOJ will see something that they don't like and they'll rule a certain way based on their interpretation of a law. And it'll take a court case to prove they're right or they're wrong. It's like a lawsuit, um, right? Or ATF. Yep. Or, or no, or someone gets arrested. Oh. You know, you're, you're arrested with what they consider something bad. And it, and it, and it, that person fights it and takes it through the courts and either gets that uh, up overturned or, or we have CRPA or an NRA that are battling, you know, a lot of the different laws that have gone through, such as, you know, we just had Freedom Week and, you know, that was CRPA that was heading that. And um, we had a good judge that, uh, for, in our perspective, had a good judge that gave us a week of freedom mm-hmm. with standard capacity magazines. Wow. Um, so if somebody comes in with, I mean, you guys don't check. Do you guys check the guns before? Uh, so what's the process of this, if I bring a gun in? That's a touchy spot. So you sign a waiver, and we ask you to shoot. We ask that everything you do is legal. Okay. We tell you everything you need to do is legal. We at Evans, we per se do not. If you're bringing in a gun for us to do something to to repair or something like that, oh yeah, we you better bet we go through the whole thing. Right. What, transfer. What, what? But if you're just coming in to shoot, right. I don't believe it's my business to go through your, your belongings. Okay. Um, I don't believe it's my business to check through your bag um, and, to, and to check every inch of your gun. Because there's so many gray area laws, um, I, I tell every single person that comes through, and what we try to emphasize is you need to shoot what's legal. Um, that's between you, God, and DOJ and a police police officer uh so we tell you that now there are certain things that kind of shout watch out to us you know you 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 walk in and we see a suppressor you walk in and your gun goes automatic on you you know there are certain things that, okay wait a minute here we have a problem here mm-hmm. um and and we'll ask you to to leave or or ask you if that's legal there are people out there that have things that are evil that and and they're and they have the proper certifications or licensing for that, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Um, but us, we, you know, we don't necessarily check. We just tell you. And, and most people, they want to be legal, so right. we tell you. You never know who you're shooting next to. You'd be shooting next to a DEA agent. You could be shooting next to a Cal DOJ agent. They've come in to shoot. You have no. They could be in uniform. They could not be. Mm-hmm. So we ask you to follow the laws, um, follow the rules. Um, but we per se do not. Um, rummage through your things okay to verify that um so that's a bit of a touchy mm-hmm. again a touchy thing but um i, I don't really want to rummage through someone's stuff if i don't have to right yeah it's i guess the honor system right and and we're a hand primarily we're a handgun range mm-hmm. so we don't really see that you know we don't we don't really have guys coming in with assault weapons and things like that so it's not only wednesday nights right wednesday nights and even then it's pretty limited mm-hmm. you know we don't we don't have a huge, you know, there's other good ranges out there like FT3, you know. I, I don't mind throwing them out there. They, they allow rifles at any time. Um, they may see that type of stuff a little more. And how they deal with it, I don't know. And, that you know, that's on them. And mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they do a good job. Um, but we're primarily a handgun range. So it's not necessarily a uh, an issue with mm-hmm. us. Because most people just have regular handguns. Right. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. What about transporting? Um, transporting um, a handgun uh, unless you have a CCW in California 
you need to that needs to be under two lock and keys um, and your glove box does not count as a lock so it needs to be out of your reach and really what we tell most people you have your trunk put it in the trunk of your car put a lock um, you'll have those little those little red or orange DOJ approved locks when you purchase a firearm put that on it put it in your trunk away from am- not loaded away from ammunition you know don't have ammunition in the same box and uh, that would be behind two lock and keys and that would be legal for transport in the state of California wow <laughs> so uh, okay keep it away from you you know, don't I, I, don't, I don't put it. Don't put one lock on it and toss it under your seat or put it within arm's reach. You yeah, know, that's that's not what you want to do. So it's got to be. Um, how about if you own a van? You got to put it all the way in the back. If you're if you're living that van life, <laughs> which I used to, yeah, put put it in the back. You know, to be, to be ultimately safe. Um, what I would do is I'd put one of those those uh, locks on the firearm itself and another lock around the box itself, and that way there's two keys that I need to go through. Okay. Um, and put it all the way in the back, again, out of reach, out of harm's way. If you have a little lockbox back there, even better. Mm-hmm. Um, like, an, like, an, like an old yeah. ammo box, can you use that as a... As long as you can lock that thing up. Okay. It, now, again, you're going to get into some gray area, and you're going to get into... However that officer got into your vehicle legally, right? You know, they can't just... If you have a gun, I can now search your car, but... However, that officer now is coming into contact with that firearm. It's up to it's going to be up to their interpretation, um, right or wrong, and, and they're going to decide whether or not what you're doing is legal or not. So your um, two lock and keys is. So do you, do you have uh, uh, at Evans? Do you guys have like like certified like this is a proper you know CHP approved you know so CHP no no law enforcement agency necessarily approves those things California has Cal DOJ approved lock boxes and locks themselves and every firearm that leaves our store uh, has at least one of those has a lock Mm -hmm. um, every single one of them and um, that's something in most cases is required by law anyways Mm -hmm. Um, but we make sure every gun leaves the store with a lock and make sure the person knows how to lock it. And so you do have those options where if, if for some reason we've noticed that you've come in and it's not properly secured and, or you've asked us, hey, I did this and I don't know if this is right. And we have some options to help make you, in, in most scenarios, make you legal. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. Yeah, that's part of, the, part of the training process, just being educated on how to transport a gun from it's at your house to the range yes yeah yeah and and um so we try to do our best to educate every firearm's a little different you know whether it be a revolver a semi-automatic handgun a shotgun an ar-15 uh whatever whatever the firearm is a bolt action um you know there's different ways to keep these locked and uh um transporting legally and and away from children which is another big deal mm-hmm. um in the state of california um you know making sure you keep those fire anywhere for that matter but right but we have some very specific laws in california in, in relation to children even possibly having access to your firearms so we attempt to um educate and the state attempts to educate we actually have, there's a sign up that that tells you about that uh every ffl um, I believe we're at nine signs at this moment 
you'll see nine large signs um, in every FFL, and, and there's some education to be had there. That way uh, people can read those and, and know what California is deemed as these nine very important things that you need to read. Um, mm-hmm. So we have those up in our sales area. Okay. And and one of those specifically has to do, and, and every, every single firearm, uh, as soon as it comes to Evans, as we're checking that firearm into our inventory, um, is tagged with a child safe tag. Uh, it's on a lock. It's just a tag that advises some of the law and and uh, the safety with around children with mm-hmm. firearms. So every and that's a tag that's provided by Cal DOJ, and that's something that's on every firearm. Every firearm we, that moves through our doors um, has that tag. Okay. Um, let's get into a little bit of. I think I think we've we've covered a lot for uh, regarding <laughs> firearms. Let's talk about some biking, Pete. Okay. What's up, man? Um, you still on the gravel bike? So I am. I'm on a Stigmata. Yeah. Uh, I've had that for three years now. Time for a new bike, man. I love it. It's got <laughs> DI2 on it. Um, it's pretty fancy. It's more road than it is anything at this point. Is it a one or two bike? Uh, it's two. Okay. So I have it set up as two. So we have a we have mountain front rings on it. Okay. Now I have I have so we have SRAM X9 chain rings uh crank and chain rings okay two by what, what's the and what's the range 4832 you don't remember it's the it's their largest mountain range and i don't remember chivo okay chivo's the one that built it for okay. me and it works awesome and then we have a full di2 shimano setup in the rear what's the uh what, what is it a 42 11 42 what is that something like that yeah okay. again Leave that Ask Chivo. I leave that. I leave that to Chivo. And the experts. <laughs> um, I say this is what I need, and they make it happen. Right. Uh, so, I, I also have a full Altegra front crank setup, but I traditionally keep that mountain setup because I'll try and do some steep stuff, and usually road gearing and my weak little legs don't work together. So I'll put the, <laughs> the mountain range a little. You know, gives me a little bit more. Yeah. I can keep those RPMs a little higher. Yep. Yep. And so that's that's the reason why we did that. Yeah, I mean, on my bike, I have a, a 4832 up front, and then a, a 10 a 10 or 11 42 in the rear. Yeah. And it's all uh, a Shimano with yep. the Shimano brakes. Uh, so there's no there's no squealing when I'm coming down, you know, with all the uh, the yeah, yeah I the, run the, the SRAM stuff. You know, obviously regular, you know, the, the standard road. Uh, uh, brake handle i guess you would say mm-hmm. um but i have xtr uh calipers calipers on that bike damn yeah two piston or four two piston okay two piston xtr calipers okay is what we decided to go with so we have a bit of a that bike's a bit of a frankenstein but yeah it's it's built with a purpose okay and uh it works very well well i remember uh a few years back you uh you were just like focused on uh training for the uh, what was the race that you did, man? Up in BC bike, the race. BC bike race. That was what seven days of racing, right? Hey, yeah, seven days, two hundred miles, thirty-five thousand feet of climbing or something. Yeah, all in the rain. Every day was in the rain. Yeah, uh, I remember that, dude. I remember that journey. It was. Uh, I did a lot of a lot of training. I did about three thousand miles the months, not just in a couple months, but the month months of training up up to that point. Um, mm-hmm. Most of which were on the Stigmata, not necessarily a mountain bike, mm-hmm. but to get that that training and pedaling in, and 
Um, I Hour, hours bike. on the bike. Lots of hours. I'd put five, six-hour days. Every, dude, that's tough, Every day man. but Monday. No riding on Mondays. That's tough, dude. Six days a week of riding, dude. I mean, but I mean, you, you had different uh, different types of, uh, you know, like one day would probably be like maybe heart rate training. The other way would be just, just uh, keep it keep it under 140, you know, beats per minute or something, right? Yeah, the trainer I went with, you know, you'd have days where you need to you need to stay in the lower heart rate range and then you have days where zone one yeah yeah stay real low and uh, <laughs> i didn't understand it until later on and i understood why and then um interval training wednesdays was absolutely horrible climbing chapman hill yep i remember you, you tell know, me about that 20 yeah. 30 times at full full go um in the in summer was absolutely horrible and there were times where i was probably close to blocking out and throwing i was throwing up on chapman a few times um and uh but you, you know, did it man i, mean, I did all, all, all that hard work the sacrifice the 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 sweat and the tears and the cursing paid off yeah i didn't think i was gonna finish the race initially i'm like i don't know if i can do this and and there's definitely a large portion at that race that are there just to say they finished it i came in at about the midway out of 600 riders i was somewhere right low 300s or something like that that's um, pretty damn good man i i, I was for sure for someone that's only been riding for five years at that point and, um, and riding in what was very unfamiliar, rainy forest yeah. area, um, I had numerous crashes and, um, not like up here, but you know, <laughs> yeah, these were, s- uh, slippery, wet roots yeah. and, and, and wet, wet rock that I was going down that was just, uh, not having experienced that before. And, right. Um, so coming out where I did, I was really happy. Most of it was due to my climbing ability at that point. Was, mm-hmm. um, I would beat a lot of guys going up, and then they would all just absolutely annihilate me on the downhill mm-hmm. portion. Um, but I was okay with that. Right. So I, I finished. That, <laughs> that was what I cared about. I cared about getting my T-shirt, and I cared about getting my uh, my BC Bike Race medal. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go back. I'll do it again eventually. Um, right. Once you're 100%, right? Once I'm 100%, I have my back injury right now. And um, once I can get get past that I, I i will definitely sign up to do another bc bike race well i mean there is there is a, a baja uh, baja epic down in, in ensenada things like three days of racing down there uh you know they had um that one scott one of scott pro's riders came down here um i think his dad used to be a pro i think he's like his um, nino shirter's trainer or something like that i can't, I can't remember his last name but nice. uh he was down there and you know that that uh ensenada or the uh, the Baja bike race. I mean, that's the you know all that stuff's getting pretty big down there. Oh yeah. There's a the Baja Epic, uh, which is a three days of racing, stage racing. There's a Baja bike race, which is seven to three mile road race from uh, Tecate to Ensenada. That's in October. And then uh, there's my event, Ensenada Bike Fest, May 24th through 26th, which is enduro, part of the California Enduro Series. We have cross country. Um, it's about four miles, um, 600 feet of climbing per lap. So experts are going to be doing about five laps, so they'll, they'll get a, a good, good, uh, good training. I'm far from an expert. Yeah, <laughs> far from it. Uh, and then uh, dual slalom, we got dual slalom down there. That'd and, be cool. And then, uh, uh, and then we're, we 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 threw in uh, speed and style, and then short track. Oh wow! So it's going to be a fun event. Um, I'm hoping it's a lot of work involved, but you know, once you're 100 percent, Pete, you start coming down with me to down in Sonata. For sure, I got I got a ways to go. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got some healing to do. Yeah, right. So, I'll get there. Cool. All right, Pete. So, where can people find more information about uh, Evans? Um, you can go on our Facebook, uh, Evans Gun World. So, uh, Evans Gun World on Facebook, on Instagram, 
um, or evansgunworld.com. Okay. Um, or just come in. Um, we're pretty friendly. Where are you located? Uh, 1637 North Bryan in the city of Orange. Okay. Um, Hours of operation? We are 10 to 10 every day of the week except Sunday. We're 10 to 8. Um, we're right off of uh, Catella in Maine. We're not the big range that you see next to the pond. That's Orange County Sheriff's. Don't go there. Um, that's a it's a sheriff range. But we're kind of right across the way. Okay. And, uh, again, 1637 North Bryan. And come on by. We're pretty friendly. Even if you're not going to come shoot, just come say hi. Are you, are you there every day? No. No, I, I you know. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not. I have I have some good good strong employees. Okay. Like I said, Wendy's my manager. Martin's uh, uh, my gunsmith manager. I got Kirk, and then I have a whole host of uh, prior uh, Marines and Army. Oh wow! Um, no joke. Uh, guys that are they are very friendly, and uh, and they do a very good job at maintaining and keeping the range um, in the vision that I look that I want. Cool. Right on, people. Thanks for coming in once again. Uh, this is uh, Big Lou, Beyond the Black Radio. Thanks for tuning in to H1Radio.com.